The Frightful Ones by Richard Maples. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. What does a boy do when he meets a danger from another world? Should he run for help? Or fight bravely as he comes face to face with the frightful ones by Richard Maples? Right then he was the scaredest he had ever been in his life. Yet even as he watched the spaceship turn within the glow of its flaming jets, he kept thinking of his father's warning. A boy's duty, son, is to keep his eyes and ears open and to give the alarm. We must be alert, or we're doomed. It had been drummed into his head ever since the landing and explosion of the rockets. He'd been very little then, and it was hard to understand. But they'd explained it carefully, over and over again. The rockets were a test. They'd been fired by beings from another planet. Someday the beings themselves would come to invade. He'd often thought about it, especially at night in bed. And he dreamed about it, too. Horrible dreams. And now the dreams had come true. Trembling, he watched the silver hulk aim its jets at the ground and begin to come down. It slipped past him with a roar. Its fires reddened the hillsides. It settled with a jarring thud. Then all was silence. Edging forward, he peered down into the glen. The dust and smoke was clearing, and he could see most of the ship gleaming evilly in the twilight. Others, he thought, must have seen or heard the landing. Soon they'd be coming to fight off the invaders. He'd be found, quivering with fear, and branded a coward. He must do something. A sudden metallic clang made him jump. A light flickered on. He sucked a deep breath. The beings. They stood on a platform, next to a trapdoor. Three of them squat, fat, and silvery-white, like the insects he often found under flat rocks. One held the light. The other two carried strange-looking boxes. They made their way down a ladder and began to set up the boxes on the ground. This was his chance, he told himself. While they were busy, he could climb to the top of the hill and escape down the other side. But he'd only taken three steps when he stubbed his toe on a rock, jarred it loose, and sent it pelting down into the glen. They hurried over to see what it was, and he got a better look at them. Their wrinkled skin hung from their bulging bodies in thick folds. Insect feelers waved over their humped backs. Flat, expressionless faces glittered in the light of their lamps. He shuddered. After they'd looked at the rock, two of them started climbing in the direction from which it had rolled. The third stayed behind, beaming the light to guide the way. Clinging against the hill, he moved along the ledge to a point where it curled past a jutting crag. On the other side of that, he'd be hidden from view and could make a run for it. But as soon as he made it, he gasped, horror-stricken. 
the vague shadow of the ledge pinched inward till it became a gulfing black of a sheer cliff he was trapped his only hope now was the coming of the town people and he listened for noise of their approach but all he heard was the scuffling of the two beings cresting the ledge was it possible that he alone knew of the landing the town people should have come by now as it was a lot of lives depended on him his father and mother the other kids and all the people too he couldn't let them down a beam of light moving along the ledge ahead of the two beings now touched the crag and spilled over to where he stood then almost as if fate had taken charge again his eyes were drawn to the gleam of a sharp-edged rock he gripped it poised to strike when the first of the beings came around the bend two things made him hesitate first size the being was tiny fully a third shorter than himself next the way the being acted it had stopped and raised its hand palm out as if trying to make friends it must be a trick he told himself never had he heard the being spoken of as friends only as vicious destroyers he took a tighter grip on the rock now he noticed something that filled him with new loathing he'd been wrong about their appearance the saggy skin was really a bulky suit the big head a helmet and back of the helmet's face he could see the actual being he felt like vomiting he bashed the rock against the faceplate it webbed with a cluster of tiny cracks he struck again and again until the helmet split open and he was pulping the face itself to a reddish smear suddenly a roaring filled his ears his side was lanced with terrible pain he reeled backward saw the second of the beings pointing at him with something long and rod-like he flipped the rock it caught the being in the chest and drove it over the side he could see it clawing the air all the way down to the glen then the third being with the light took one look at the still form turned and raced madly for the ship watching he was overcome with a peculiar feeling of excitement the pain in his side had ebbed and he felt hot and feverish he wanted to do something to act without thinking he scurried down the hill and took after the fleeing figure he caught it on the ladder just below the trapdoor grabbed its leg and jerked it plunged to the ground and hit with a crash the light blinked out now he heard a thin grating noise above him the trapdoor dimly outlined by the light from a cubbyhole beyond had begun to move he swung himself to the platform dove into the cubbyhole and heard the trap clang shut behind him straight ahead was a short length of ladder and overhanging it a second trapdoor which had already begun to gape open this he guessed was some sort of airlock a way of getting in and out of the ship without losing the built-up pressure it would account for the suits worn on the outside 
the trap had sprung wider and he could see two beings in suits getting ready to come down they probably were trying to help their buddies he got the first one as it started down the ladder with its back to him he just threw an arm around its helmet and pulled until he heard a snap then he went up the ladder to get the second one he hit it watched it spin across the chamber clutching against the bulkhead and collapse now a third one darted away from a bank of levers and tried to reach the spiral stairs rising to the next level it wore no suit and its thin body made him think of some horrible creeping plant he leapt for it clutched the skinny neck with one hand and squeezed he rushed to the bank of levers then and pushed one after another until he heard the scraping of the lower trapdoor and a hiss of escaping air then he climbed to the upper levels all the beings were dead except two he found a short piece of metal and hit them both on the head and now his side had begun to ache and he felt bruised and shaky and very weary he must get back to town tell them what he'd done bring them to look but he should take something back with him to prove the ship was there he noticed a bright piece of metal sunk into the bulkhead it was covered with symbols a sort of nameplate grasping it with the thin flat part of two hands he braced himself against the bulkhead with his other two hands and ripped it loose he might want to draw them sometime to show off Taggart Steel Company Cleveland Ohio USA The End of The Frightful Ones by Richard Maples